0: Guys, Josh, Alex, thank you so much. It was so awesome this morning. Well. You know, again, we've got an amazing team here that was able to adapt in an instant. We scaled things back for this morning just to stay in line with the government regulations. So we got Jansen uh, on sound this morning. Dave is working all the cameras and everything by himself. And we uh, scaled down worship. And guys, you did an absolutely amazing job. So thank you so much. It was, it was awesome this morning. Uh, just in, in sharing the word with us today you know, I want to remind us of a couple of things. First of all, I want to remind us of prayer points that we have. I shared these prayer points with us last week. We want to continue to be focusing on these prayer points. Uh, The one is that this uh, COVID-19 virus would stop being infectious, that it would change and it would stop infecting people. We can stand in faith and be praying for that. We also want to pray that the researchers that are working on vaccines and working on different uh, medications that would help people that are suffering from COVID-19, that they would quickly find a solution, an answer that would be able to quickly come to market. And we want to be praying for God's protection for people both physically over their health, mentally, and praying for their finances as well that we would want to, we want to pray that economies would thrive in this time, that people would thrive in this time. We want to pray for our leaders as they're making decisions for our future, for our economy, to help people get through. We don't want to be in a situation where people are suffering in our country and we thank our leaders for the decisions they're making already. We want to pray for continued wisdom for them and just that God would supernaturally move in businesses in Lifehouse and life house and that they would just be thriving in this time, that people would be receiving You know, financial gifts and blessing in this time. So let's hold those things particularly in prayer. And I want to talk to us today about prayer. Uh, There's just been a lot going on in the world around prayer at this moment in time. There's a lot of confusing messages that come out. And it's really easy, especially if we're used to a particular tradition or we're used to different things, that we can have maybe a wrong concept of what prayer is. And so I really want us to have a grounded, biblical, New Testament understanding of prayer. And so to do that, the best place we can look at is the words of Jesus. And so we're going to do that today. Before I get there, though, I just want to remind us of of some of the points from last week. And last week, we talked about the importance of spiritual disciplines in this time. It's a time when we are, are having to be in our homes, where we're cut off with contact from a lot of people, except for digital contact. Our lives have been forced to slow down. And we can set new rhythms and paces in our life that draw us closer to God in this time. We talked about that last week. I'm not going to recap all of it, but just want to share a few of the prayer points that were really, imp- or a few of the points that were important. I just want to encourage you in the first one being fasting and prayer, which we're going to talk about today, that we'd be spending time in solitude and silence with God. Solitude and silence doesn't mean we're, we are just having to sit there and do nothing. It's, it's that we're, we're in this place of quiet and peace where we can really listen to God, that we would practice taking a day of Sabbath. We would be taking a day of rest, a day where we can delight in God, delight in his creation, delight in everything that he's doing. That we'd look at our lives and be able to, in this time to make them more simple. Where we're forced into a place of simplicity. Let us establish new rhythms in our life that make our lives more simple when we come out of this time. We would practice slowing down. We're forced to slow down in these moments. And in our slowing down, we'd be spending more time in scripture. We'd be spending more time reading books. Growing in a wisdom in our knowledge of God. I recommended some books for us last time, and I want to recommend them again. God is Good by Bill Johnson. If you have any questions about the goodness of God, it'll lay an incredible scriptural foundation on the goodness of God. The ruthless elimination of hurry is going to help you set new paths and rhythms in your life so that when we come out of this time that we don't go back to life as normal, but that we're able to live in an, an amazing new relationship with Jesus where we're just so connected to him and we're not distracted by the hurry and worries of the world. Soul Keeping by John Ortberg is an amazing book that just helps you to understand the importance of caring for your soul. And then the Renovation of the Heart by, by Dallas Willard. Again, an incredible, incredible book that helps us just allow Jesus to come in and transform our heart and our lives. All these books are completely based in Scripture and are they are they're ones that are just going to help you gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding in this time. And they're going to make you into an amazing disciple of Jesus who's able, whose life is being transformed and who, as you encounter other people, are going to see there's something different about you and want to know the God that you know, to want to know Jesus the way that you know Jesus. So while you have more time in this time, highly recommend these books for you. As well, of course, is daily being in Scripture, daily being with God, daily being in prayer. Okay. Let's talk about prayer. So to start this today, I want us to look at Matthew. You know, in in Matthew 6, we're going to look at verses 5 to 15. And this is where Jesus is talking about prayer. And so I want to set this up. Prayer is incredibly simple. And it's a foundational thing In our lives as Christians, it's what transforms us. It's what connects us to God. And so often, prayer can be made into something that it's not. And Jesus is addressing this in these scriptures. He's not only addressing what it shouldn't be, but he's telling us what prayer should be. So let's look at Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15. It starts off where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says to them, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you they've received their reward in full. But when you pray go into your room, close the door and pray that your father pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's the first thing. You know, prayer primarily is something between us and God. You know, we, there are times like we have our prayer meeting that we gather together uh, on, a, on a Wednesday night right now online in Zoom. And that's a good thing where we're able to come together and unite our hearts together. Be united as one people under God. But that can't be our only time of prayer. If that is our primary place of prayer, then that's going to leave us really empty. What Jesus is telling us is, hey, we, we need to be going, you know, and being alone with God. We need to be withdrawing and having that time of intimacy with God. Because prayer is really about our connection with him. It's not about, it's, it's, it's not us talking at God. It's not us just going to him with a list of things that we want. It's about us going to God and, and really having our soul connected with him at a spirit level. It's where we are transformed. It's where we are made into the image of Christ. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that and look at scriptures about that. So let's go on and see what Jesus says. In in verse 7, he says, When you pray, also do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So again, prayer isn't about how many words we say. It's not about, you know, finding the right thing. To say. Sometimes in our prayer. We can go. We don't even know what to say. God knows what we need before we ask. But he's a good father. Who loves that we will come to him. That we will come to him and ask. For what it is that we need. That we'll come to him when we need more faith. That we come to him when we. When we need understanding. That we come to him when we have material needs. There's this beautiful thing. About relationship with God. And prayer is fundamentally about our relationship with god prayer is us communicating with father son holy spirit us being connected with him that's what prayer is it's where we are talking to our father in heaven where we're talking to jesus where we're communing with the holy spirit this is prayer and it's it's so essential in our lives It's something that we should be living in in a place of prayer all the time. We've got to have time set aside specifically for prayer. But throughout our entire day, we want to be in constant communication and prayer with God. Because he cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about your job. He cares about your family. He cares about everything that's going on. And we can be talking to God about all of those things. Getting wisdom, gaining his perspective on all of these different things. Jesus then goes on and he teaches his disciples. He said, look, this is how you should pray. He says, he tells them to pray, our father in heaven, hallowed, which means holy or set apart, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he starts off in teaching us to pray and that we are declaring to God that he is holy, that his name is holy, that he is our father. It's that recognition, right? That, That first recognition. I mean, these weren't just words saying, oh, just use these words. It wasn't about him giving us a format of words to say like it's a spell. He's giving us a hard attitude. He's showing us here a perspective that we're meant to live from in prayer. And that is that we start off in recognizing God is our father, our father in heaven and that he is holy, that he is set apart. His name is set apart. And so our attitude in prayer needs to be like, God, you are the creator of the universe. You are everything. You are our father. (laughs) And when we approach from that place, you know, it's a recognition of who God is. It also helps us understand who we are, that we aren't God, yet we are his children and that he's a good father He then teaches to pray. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom, his reign over our lives. Again, when we pray, it's we want to be in that intimate place where it's like, God, you are King. I'm laying down. I'm coming be- before you. I'm laying down my agenda. I'm coming in humility. I'm coming in surrender. It's about your kingdom. It's about your ways. This isn't. I'm not coming in prayer, God, to get me, you to do things my way. I'm coming into prayer to gain an understanding of your ways. I'm coming in prayer so that. My life would be transformed and that your kingdom reign would be over every area of my life. That your kingdom reign would be over me. That it would that this time of intimacy with you, that it would be saturated in an understanding of your kingdom. That your reign over me. And then it's about your will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. That in heaven, God's will is done. We want to see here on earth that God's will done is well. We want to be a people. You know, as we go in prayer, we want to come out of our time of prayer with a greater understanding of God's will, a greater revelation of the greatness of God, a greater revelation of who we are and how it is that we are to walk out our life, how we're to walk out our day. If we've come to God with a problem that we're like, God, what's your will for this? How do I solve this? Give me your perspective on this and that we would be in that place of surrender to him, of of listening and allowing him to transform us, allowing him to give us answers him to show us the way forward when we don't know how to go. Also, it sets us apart in our understanding of who we are as followers of Jesus. When we go into prayer with God, then it becomes that we can have our doctrine completely sorted out. So much has been transformed in my own life by coming humbly before God and going, Lord, I I've thought that this was the way things are supposed to be, but I want your perspective. I want to know the truth. I want to know your truth. And in that, he's just been able to teach me so many things and reveal so much about himself to me because I haven't come with my preconceived ideas of how God is supposed to be or how others have taught me that God was supposed to be or how tradition has taught me God is supposed to be, but I've sought his heart. I've sought his will. I've sought his ways. And I want to encourage you in prayer that that's what we would do. We would go before God. We would allow him to completely transform us completely transform us that it would be his will his way his kingdom reign over our lives it then says to pray give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one Again, it's just a reminder of our complete dependence on God. He's our provider. He's a provider of everything. You know, we, it allows us to stay in that place where it's not about us. We're not our providers. Our employer is not our provider. God is our provider. He's the one that gives us the ability to make wealth, Scripture says. He's the one that gives us, uh, allows us to have our jobs. He's the one that does everything. And, and it's, it's in that place of, again, recognizing that it's him and it's not us that, that puts everything in perspective. Everything in perspective. It also reminds us that when we have a need, we can go to him and we can trust him with those needs. He reminds us that we are to forgive We're to live in a place of constant forgiveness because we have been forgiven. And reminds us that, that God is also the one that protects us against the evil one. Protects us against Satan and his reign. And that we can go to him, even when we're struggling in areas of sin, when we're struggling with different things, we can go to him and be like, Lord, help me with this. Help me to be transformed. Help me to change. Jesus finishes and he says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sin. Again, Jesus reminds us of the reality of grace. Our faith is in what Jesus has done for us, that we've been forgiven for all these things. that It's not because we deserve it. It's not because we've earned it. It's not because what a great people we are. It's been this free gift that's extended to us. We've got to extend that free gift of grace to all those around us, to the world around us. And I want to encourage you in, in this time of prayer, especially as we pray for cities, as we pray for government, as we pray for the world, world you may hear people praying judgment. You know, and You may hear people praying negative things. But the the model that Jesus gave us is that that we would come from this place of forgiveness. We'd recognize that we've been forgiven everything. And that God's desire is to reconcile the entire world to himself. And so at this time, we want to be praying God's, God's peace over this world. We want to be praying God's healing over this planet. Over every person. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And so our prayer as has to be that God would, even those that we don't like, those that have hurt us, those who have offended us, that they would be, they would grow and prosper in this time. They would be protected in this time. They would not be harmed in this time. Prayer brings us into a place of unity with God. It's what it does. In John 17, Jesus prayed this to his father. In verse 20 to 23 of John 17, in talking about his disciples and those that would come to believe in the message his disciples carried, he said, I do not pray only for them, referring to his disciples. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me because of the message. Father, I pray that all of them will be one. Just as you are in me and I am in you, I want them also to be in us. Then the world will believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. I did this so they would be one, just as we are one. I will be in them just as you are in me. I want them to be brought together perfectly as one. This will let the world know that you sent me. It will also show the world that you have loved those you gave me just as you've loved me. Prayer brings us into this oneness with God. We're, We're meant to live in unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Jesus. The actual only way that we are going to live in unity is when we are surrendered to Jesus, when we're one with Jesus, when we're one with God. And that only happens through prayer. Prayer is us going into the closet like Jesus said, it's going into that intimate time alone with God where he transforms us, where his character and image is brought about in us where his character and image is formed in us. It's in prayer we're transformed. Romans eight twenty eight to thirty it says We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He appointed them to be saved in keeping with his purpose. God planned that those he had chosen would become like his son. In that way Christ will be the first and most honored among many brothers. And those God has planned for, he is also appointed to be saved. Those he appointed, he has made right with himself. To those he has made right with himself, he has given his glory. In verse 29 there, he says, God planned that those he had chosen would become like his son. Prayer is where that happens. You have been chosen by God. He chose all of us to be his children. You've responded to that invitation. And he wants to transform you to be like Jesus. The only way we get transformed is through prayer. Through that intimate divine exchange that happens when we go into that place of intimacy with God. We are humble and surrendered before him. And we allow him to speak to us. We allow him to transform us. There's lots of other things that happen in prayer. We can carry each other's burdens in prayer. We see times in scripture where Paul writes, pray for me, pray for me, pray alongside me. And that's an important thing. We can carry each other's burdens this way. But I want to encourage you, don't rely on other people praying for you. It's important we pray for one another, but us praying for each other isn't what transforms us. Us Living a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of intimacy, a lifestyle of surrender to God. That is what brings transformation. That's what's going to make you into the disciple of Jesus that you're meant to be. That, that place of intimacy, that place of surrender, that place of wrestle. If you spend most of your time in prayer talking, I want to encourage you to, to tr- change that and spend a whole lot more time listening, a lot of time being silent before God. I heard a story of uh, someone who was asked, uh, a spiritual, uh, uh, I can't remember, it was a priest, I believe it was, that was asked about their time, you know, how much time they'd spent in prayer that day. And they gave a really interesting answer. They said, well, I've spent about five minutes in prayer, but it took me 30 minutes to get there. And, and the reality is, it's so often so difficult for us to just get rid of the distractions of our day. I, it happens for me all the time. It's okay, I want to spend time in prayer, but I'm thinking about all kinds of other things. I'm going before God. There's all kinds of other things crashing in on my mind. And, and this thing of us being learning to be quiet before God, this thing of us learning to be surrendered before Jesus, it's, it's there that we're able to enter into his presence and then actually have real intimate time with him. And that takes discipline. It actually takes us training ourselves to be quiet. It takes us training ourselves to come before God in peace. So I want to encourage you in this time where you have to be set apart from the world, where we are, you are with your family, where you are uh, maybe alone. If you're with your family, it's great if you're having times of prayer together, but make sure you're having times of prayer alone. Make sure you're spending time alone with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, connected, united as one with them, allowing them to minister to you at the soul level, allowing them to bring transformation to your life. Are we meant to ask God for things? Absolutely. He knows what it is that we need before we ask, but our relationship with God through prayer has got to be a whole lot more than us going and just asking him for things, it's got to be a place where we go and we just, we sit at the feet of Jesus, that we learn from him, we're discipled by him, that we take what we read in the word and we ask God questions about it, that we take what we know and we go, Lord, is there, is there something more you want us to, to experience? It's a, it's a place of complete intimacy and surrender. We are meant to become like Jesus. I've heard many people say at times when we read things like the, the, the Sermon on the Mount and say, hey, we're meant to live like this. And people go, oh, well, well, that's like trying to be perfect. And I'll say, yeah, you know, let's be perfect as our Father is in heaven. And if we'll, we'll do that, not by it, us learning to be that way on our own, but we do that by us learning to be like Jesus and allowing him to come. It's, it's you know, less of us and more of him. But the only way less of us and more of him can actually happen is if we spend time intimately with him. Much of my prayer time is, is, is silent. where it's, I'm just listening to him. And sometimes I don't even know what to do or to pray, so I'm praying in the spirit. Sometimes I don't have answers to things. And so I'm just waiting on God, allowing him to quiet my spirit, allowing him to prepare me so that I can receive the answers that it is that I need. Prayer can only really be effective when it comes in a place of surrender and humility. If we're just going to God, telling him what we need, what we want him to do, we're never going to really receive the full benefits of what prayer is. We're never going to experience prayer the way Jesus taught us to pray. We're never going to live in the things that God actually has for us because we're still actually living out our own life and and just hoping that God will bless it. But God has such great plans for each and every one of us, and, and those plans only come about through prayer. Because until we know the mind of Christ, all we're going to do is live out our own ideas, our own ways. We're meant to live in so much more. I want to encourage you. You were made for more than what you're living right now. Every single one of us. The plans and purposes that God has for us are greater than what we could actually imagine. And we've got to stop trying to imagine them. It's not about our imagining them. It's not about us coming up with them. It's about us surrendering to him and letting him bring about what he wants to bring about in our lives. And And I also want to encourage you that you are more powerful than you think you are. One of the things for me in this time of prayer is uh, in in this time of this crisis is that we would rise up as a church of people that truly do the works of Jesus. That we are a people that would see healing on a regular basis. We were meant to destroy the works of the evil one because that's what Jesus' mission was. And we have the same mission as him as disciples of Jesus. We don't have a different one. We're meant to be the people that would push back the darkness at this time, not that we would be overcome by it. And and this only happens as we take on the character of Jesus, when we take on the attributes of God, when we take these things on because we've spent time with Him intimately in prayer. Again, not us talking at Him, but us listening, letting Him transform our hearts. It says in Scripture that he searches our heart. We don't want to be the one searching our own heart. We want to let him be the one that would search it, him bring things up, bring things out, and him show us the things that he wants us to deal with. In his timing, in his way, he's the one that's able to do all these things. So, in these coming days, in these coming weeks, let us be a people that become a people of deep intimate prayer. Let us be transformed so that as the world starts up again, we do not start up again the same. That when we gather together again as a church, we gather together again as a completely transformed people because we have learned how to pray. We've learned how to connect intimately with God. We've learned how to be surrendered to him in the most intimate of places and allowing him to transform our mind, our hearts, and our lives. Okay, well, thank you for being with us today. I just want to pray for us before we close. And I say, Father, help us that we would pray the way Jesus taught us to. Help us to be this people that really know who we are in Jesus, that are able to push back the darkness, that are able to heal the sick, that are able to cast out demons, to raise the dead, the people that are able to love the way that Jesus loved, a people that carry the character of of Jesus, the people that can look at the Sermon on the Mount and go, that is how I live. That the things that we see spoken of, we don't see them as too difficult, but that we see that our hearts and our minds and our lives have been transformed by the power and presence of Jesus overshadowing us in every single way. I pray that for each and every one of us. Where we need to, Lord, teach us how to pray in this time so that our our connection with you, our intimacy with you, we would just live at a completely different place. That we would truly be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Amen. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Take care. Your grace, God. I need it every day, it's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace, God. I-